everybody, and welcome back to episode six of the SpongeBobomatic podcast. Today we are reviewing, as I said at the end of last time, episode six. Six A is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, where six B is Pickles. Now, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Um, this episode was written by Paul Tibbet, Mark O'Hare, and Mr. Lawrence, and then was storyboarded by Paul Tibbet and Mark O'Hare. So you know, it's the kinds of ways that works that we've been seeing some familiar names there. Um, this episode is the premiere episode of the characters Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, if you couldn't guess. Uh, you know, unlike other episodes, you know, Sandy's introduction wasn't called Sandy and the first episode wasn't called SpongeBob. But uh, there is some context to that here. And uh, we can just go ahead and get right into that. So, yeah, yeah this one uh, starts off with a uh, a really funny, uh, like, parody of like a 1950s, 1960s, like Aquaman cartoon. Uh, it stars a very, you know, Aquaman in, or uh, Mermaid Man in this, rather. Uh, it seems like to be a very strapping lad uh, going around doing underwater things. Uh, he can communicate with fish. Um, as can his, uh, as, you know, kind of different to, to Aquaman, uh, you have uh, where he's just by himself. Uh, Mermaid Man has a sidekick called Barnacle Boy, who looks to be a little more of like a meek uh, kid, but he's you know kind of more of a kid while Mermaid Man is a man. It's really more like I mean, if you're gonna call someone a lad, Barnacle Boy is the lad. Mermaid Man's a little old for that, even at that time. Like it's more of a if you think of it in like Batman and Robin terms, like they are undersea, so there's a lot of Aquaman inspiration. But I think that's where the duo kind of dynamic came from on that. You know that yeah. classic Batman Robin Adam Weist style. Absolutely, thing. yeah. It's definitely kind of a combination of Batman and Robin and Aquaman, uh, because obviously it's underwater, so they're not going to do Batman underwater. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, some of the physics don't really work there, but SpongeBob doesn't really care about that. But, you know, they just combine the themes together to see what they can do with it. And so the way that it's introduced is SpongeBob and Patrick watching it as a show. But it seems like within within the universe of SpongeBob, this show isn't like produced. This is just adventures that actually happened to them in their youth. But because it's inspired by those like early kind of like, you know, 60s era superhero shows, you know, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, they're now a lot older. But before we get into that, we do see, you know, SpongeBob and Patrick um, showing a bit more of their kind of childish side, you know, that we see every so often in this season. They they dress up, you know, as Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy themselves. They're just they just decide they're going to start annoying Squidward. You know, they just throw some things around and pretend he's a supervillain. Yeah, they uh, says... they call him Reflecto. He uh, because he's outside tanning with uh, with like a one of those, which I have I don't think I've ever seen one of those in real life. But Squidward uses it a lot. Those like the three it's panel. A reflector. Yeah, it's a reflector thing. I don't think I've ever actually seen anybody use them. But Squidward is using it, so you know it's it's here. I've never seen anyone use it, but I have seen it. Um, I feel like. It's one of those things where, like, I, I honestly don't know how many people I've really seen tanning because I think of these days, it's one of those things where it's like the dangers of it are really people are really aware of. Uh, I, so I, especially I've seen like people tanning before, I've seen people tanning like in their driveways in the middle of summer. Right, <laughs> here, like, what I'm saying is adding in these additional things yes. that are going to direct more sunlight. Um, I think people are a little more, maybe just a little more cautious about it. Um, yeah, that's my sure. take anyway, because sure. I know that's one of those things you might classically like see in something like this, but you don't really see it in real life these days, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at, yeah, as they're doing this, uh, SpongeBob and Patrick are running around, and one of the things that Mermaid Band and Barnacle Boy do is they have these rings that they touch together, um, where they say Mermaid Band and Barnacle Boy unite, uh, and to replicate this in their little in SpongeBob and Patrick's little like cosplay, 
uh, they have donuts, uh, which they introduced by SpongeBob saying, you know what this means? And then Patrick going, donuts. And then when they touch rings, you can see that Patrick's already has a bite taken out of it or touch donuts. You can see that he has a bite taken out of it, you know, which is little thing but yeah one th i mean you, you you brought this up they are just actually fucking with squidward in this scene like because in a lot of episodes it's like okay squidward kind of intervenes with their fun or whatever like like they just mess with them in this like they are just fucking with him it was definitely something i noticed and when we've when we've gotten through the actual plot summary I, there are some points i kind of want to go back around with compared to other episodes here um but yeah i i do think it is something worth noting that in this episode, they just actively begin to bother Squidward, who hasn't done anything really deserved that yet. Um, and then, like, when Squidward is just trying to have his day still, they, they say something along the lines of, oh, what would the real mermaid man do? And then Squidward's like, why don't you go ask him? And they, they ask him, elaborate, you vile fiend. And he <laughs> says he lives in the, the retirement home uh, down the way. So they do go to visit them in the retirement home. And then we see there's a, a fish here he is not named. Uh, he might have an incidental number. I'm sure they usually do. Yeah. But he, he's reading a paper. He's at the retirement home. He's the person at, you know, the front desk. Uh, it's funny because, like, it's just, it, it's like they could have put anything on this newspaper, but what they put on there was school dropout rate source. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's very, that's very strange. And uh, another thing, too, is SpongeBob and Patrick are convinced that uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, at least at the beginning, aren't just there because they're old and retired they think that they're there working undercover which is which is funny like they just they can't accept like they must be there working undercover um and then we yeah we finally uh we finally see them uh the mermaid man and barnacle boy and as opposed to how we saw them on the tv at the beginning of the episode uh we see them they're very old very decrepit um and it's but it is weird they are just humans like we we don't see very many humans in this show they are humans and they do actually have superpowers like that's something that like kind of they're not just like you know they weren't just tv characters or whatever like they were but like they were actual they were people with superpowers which is is very i don't know it's it's something i there's nothing else like them in the in the whole spongebob canon as far as i know it is one of those things that is strange because they are humans, but um, th this kind of matters, so I'll preface it. They're, like, animated. You know, they're still just characters in the show, but they're also just people. Yes. I I don't know in what all specific offshoot, like, quote-unquote non-canon, you know, like comic books, whatnot, that go into this. Um, the reason that they have powers and can survive underwater is because of a nuclear accident. You know, the kind of thing that, like, yeah. it's one of those things like superhero tropes. You know, you, you something radioactive, something nuclear, and now you have powers. Um, and that's that's why they're able to survive underwater that way. Um, so the first thing, though, when, when SpongeBob and Patrick see them and they're, they're getting all excited, you know, obviously they're just two old people trying to live their lives. And so the first thing Mermaid Man says, like, oh, are, are they here to fix the TV? Um, which this actually, speaking of supplemental media, kind of comes back later in that on PlayStation 1, they did release a SpongeBob game. Uh, it has a Game Boy Advance port that came out later as well. But in that game, it's Patrick's birthday, and your goal is to get Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy signatures. And in addition to a bunch of other tasks, fixing their TV is something you have to do. Oh, that's a, that's a fun little Easter egg to throw in there. And so after that, basically, you know, obviously they're not there to fix the TV. They're convinced that 
you know, these two are undercover. Uh, basically, SpongeBob says that, you know, I know you guys are undercover because there's evil afoot. And then Mermaid Man has like PTSD, like war flashbacks. Yeah. Whenever he hears the word evil, he starts like completely losing it. And SpongeBob, evil! Just does SpongeBob keeps saying it. He just has no comprehension of the mental damage he's clearly doing to this elderly person. There's a, yeah, there's a moment where uh, Mermaid Man clings to a, uh, as I would say, bubbler, because uh, I am from the Midwest. A water uh, fountain. No, a I'm also from the Midwest, and we don't call it that. All right, here, well, I'm from the part of the Midwest that is correct. Um, Whatever. <laughs> he sprays himself in the face and yells, Death Ray! <laughs> it's, it's, he's clearly having, like, an actual, like, I mean, it's funny as, like, a cartoon bit, but when you're actually thinking about what the implications of this are, this old man is actually having, like, a PTSD, like, flashback and, like, a PTSD, like, break, which is... Very sad, you know, if, if anybody has ever seen anybody have those. They're very scary and very sad and not at all funny. But, you know, because it's a kid's show, they can kind of just get away with... They can kind of just get away with having it in there. It does end up with the receptionist kicking them out over it, though. So, I mean, to that extent, it is taken seriously. Yeah. And then SpongeBob and Patrick, they're kind of dejected about it. And they have this exchange. Patrick's basically like, you know, oh, it's too bad they're old. And then SpongeBob says, old people are the greatest. And we see this thing. This is another one of those things where SpongeBob just does something. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason, like an actual real life elderly man does give like a thumbs up. He's like, like, it's not like animated. It is a video of a person just doing a thumbs it's up. It's some like 60 year old, 60 year old dude wearing like a, like a Tommy Bahama shirt and a sailor's cap doing like a wink and a thumbs up. It's, it is very well, odd. The, the person it is, his name is Don Newhouse. He was actually the parking lot security guard for Nickelodeon at that time. Oh, that's um, cool. However, as you can probably imagine, considering this episode is, you know, from the 90s and it's now 2022, he, he has, you know, uh, passed away. You know, he was already elderly yeah. then. Uh, that happened in 2015. But he he appears like not frequently, but he does have at least one other appearance in the show that I know off the top of my head. So, you know, he's just a guy. He seemed to, you know, be having fun, be a part of it. And, you know, got in the episode and they, they had him do a, a thumbs up. When SpongeBob talks about old people, I mean it's it's a funny like I don't know why it's funny, but it is funny. So like it's, I it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make it. It's just like, it, but it, it it's different than just like random humor. But it kind of, I don't know. It's it's very strange, but I like it. Um, and then yeah, after this, uh, SpongeBob vows to get uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy out of retirement. Um, but then they cut to uh them in a uh in like a food line like because they're at a nursing home so like they go they're going on the food line and you see mermaid man is kind of just all the time in like superhero mode weirdly like he's in the he's in this kind of mindset where he's both a superhero but also a old man at a retirement home so he goes like to the meatloaf to the broccoli and then like uh, like to the table away and like runs to it and whatever and it's it's, it's very strange mindset that he's in um but you know it's it's one that again if you've been around old people that have like memory loss issues and you know potentially some ptsd stuff it's something you're you know like is kind of accurate it's something like you don't even really think about as a kid watching it is why he would be like that but when you consider it's like, you know, old people often, you know, when they get to that age, if they have some of those mental problems, he clearly is meant to be representing, um, you know, they're going to kind of rely on what they have and what they've always done. And since he's always done things in that fashion, of course, he's going to make everything a bit more superhero-esque for that. 
which I don't think that's something media has really explored a lot is the idea of like a real superhero who gets to that age and like just is existing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like, so, so in a sense, it's kind of an inspired idea. Yeah. I mean, the closest we've ever gotten to it is spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Those of you who haven't seen it, uh, there's old Steve Rogers in it at the end. Um, and, you know, but he doesn't really like, he just kind of like talks old, but there's nothing. The, the idea of like having somebody who's an old, and, and comics have explored this a little bit, but as far well, as comics like. Comics have explored everything. By yes, now. exactly. But like more traditional media, you know, uh, TV and movies, there's, yeah, there's really not been this idea of like an old man trying to be a superhero still, or like, or somebody who was a younger man being a superhero now being old, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. It is the idea that like someone who seems all powerful also, you know, no one can turn back time kind of idea. Yep. Um, but what happens from there is so SpongeBob, you know, he goes back. Uh, he goes back in without Patrick this time and is telling them these dramatic tales. He's like, you know, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And like all these glory days, right? And he's trying to do it to inspire them out of retirement. But essentially, he, he's basically just bringing things up. You know, they don't want to hear. He's bothering them. And there's this whole thing where Mermaid Man basically wants him to leave because at this point, you know, Mermaid Man... <laughs> doesn't know who this person is yep. his thought he was a tv repair man he's clearly not yeah, yeah that's, and, that's when the, that bit come back he's oh look it's the tv repair man and, and it's this whole thing where like the um the receptionist fish he comes back in and sees spongebob again and kicks him out and then mermaid man like kind of not being all there is like i by the power vested in me i pronounce you man and wife and then he gets kicked out <laughs> And Patrick's question is, did you reunite our heroes? Well, no, but I'm married. It's just, it's such, it's the comedic timing of that whole sequence is great. It's like Mermaid Man is like, I don't want to fight evil. I want to eat my, I want to eat my meatloaf. He's like, by the power vested in me, I pronounce you man and wife. And then the receptionist kicks in, you may kiss the bride. <laughs> then he gets kicked. It's such, it's such, it's so, so nothing, but I, it's so comedically well-timed. It's such a good bit. Oh my gosh. It's like a tangent where it's like you can almost see what his through line of logic was where he he's kind of starting to talk about like the power that he has and like yeah. the things he's done for the state but then like it gets crisscrossed up in his mind and he doesn't remember what he's saying or where he is and it ends like in this only tangentially related thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it's so great. Um, and then later we see uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy on rocking chairs and Mermaid Man again doing, he's going like up, up and away and rocking really fast in the chairs. Um, and then SpongeBob comes dressed up as a woman with a purse. Southern Belle. Southern Belle, if you will, yes. Um, and then Patrick uh, comes up and does this very awkward robbery of him. Um, again, this is to try to inspire Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy to come save him slash her. Save them. Uh, from the the situation, uh, but instead Barnacle Boy just comes up and is like, and is just like, can you keep it down? Mermaid Man's trying to sleep, and then you we go to, it cuts over to Mermaid Man, and he's just there like giving like a this weird grin with his eyes open, and then SpongeBob does this, does this thing. Ever alert, Mermaid Man has trained himself to sleep with his eyes open. And that's the thing is, you know, SpongeBob and Patrick this whole time just are not leaving them alone. They're causing all these problems. So uh, I believe it's Barnacle Boy says to Mermaid Man, like, we need to come out of retirement. There is evil afoot and he's right there. And so they, they get out their rings and kind of in reference to what happened earlier, uh, Mermaid Man's response to seeing the rings is donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and he puts them on. Um, they try to they try to throw a water ball at SpongeBob, but of course, because he's a sponge, and they also live underwater, it's not very effective. Yeah, to, to quote, he's absorbing the water ball like some kind of evil sponge, which I suppose he is. Um, and then they do uh they they do the dog pad they go dog paddle away, and they do this very awkward doggy paddle swim and make like a vortex around SpongeBob and Patrick and launch them away with the uh with the with the thing. And they, they also have the power of, you know, Aquaman can unite sea creatures. They do that, but they can only unite the sea creatures from the old folks home. Yeah. Um, so they, they just have a bunch of old people come kick SpongeBob and Patrick out. But then they got what they wanted in that they come out of retirement. You see SpongeBob and Patrick back home watching TV and Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are on air. But uh, it's just them playing chess because they're elderly still. Yeah, it's but it's there's there, there's a there's a bit where like they every time they make a move there's like that comic book or like that like you know old uh, superhero cartoon like bam pow, uh, but then what like uh, Mermaid Man gets up and goes like to answer the phone and he can't hear he's on the other line and then he sits back down and there's one that's like sit and then it cuts to uh, SpongeBob and Patrick uh, watching it again and Patrick's like you could would to happen without you SpongeBob and then he winks and it goes wink and that's that's the end of the episode it's just, you know those uh, kinds of like Batman um, interjections as a yeah. word bubble sort mm -hmm. of ideas yes now to to look at this episode as a whole. You know, I, I've been one of those people and it's, you know, a very common thought where it's like, you know, modern SpongeBob changed. And I look at this episode and to me, what I'm feeling is the aspects that people say are changes were actually always there. Um, if we look at this episode, because I do, I do have a fair amount of critiques with it. I honestly don't think it's one of the better uh, season one episodes. You know, with the other episodes, we've been able to say it does something visually interesting and unique. It's clever. It establishes, you know, how optimism and intent and karma work in this world. But this episode just doesn't, it doesn't really seem to care about any of that in the same way like again i i brought this up very specifically at the beginning squidward isn't doing anything wrong yeah. but he's being bothered and this kind of directly goes against the ideas that have been set up about the universe so far um the actual plot of the episode i i feel like it, it isn't necessarily like it, it doesn't it's a clever concept of like retired superheroes like that that is something interesting to explore but the way it's explored, it's just SpongeBob wants something. He says he wants something. He says he wants something. He says he wants something. And then the show tells you he gets it, but like he really didn't get much of anything because coming out of retirement just meant that they broadcast through everyday life, but it's like nothing actually changed other than a camera was there. Um, and we see, you know, these kinds of things where SpongeBob, you know, he acts very childish. Um, his key character trait is being obnoxious towards someone. Um, that both him and Patrick are a level of just stupid and not understanding that like no reasonable person would be given the context, like even within universe, it, it's all these things where people say, you know, like, like I started this, people say modern SpongeBob changed. Um, and I, I'm seeing this is episode six and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, no, it didn't, but I'm thinking what people don't realize is that, you know, after the first movie, which is when season three ended, until 2017, Paul Tibbet, uh, you know, the writer for this episode, became the showrunner and the producer. And so, you know, obviously the way that he writes and sees, and this isn't the only way that he writes these characters. He was parts of a few other episodes we talked about too, but this is clearly kind of his interpretation of what the characters in the universe are. And again, you, you can see it this early on. It was something that 
if you were following who did what and you weren't like just like an actual literal you know child watching like most of us were you could see this is probably the direction the show is going to go when you find out that after the movie you know steven hellenberg's not the showrunner anymore yeah and i and i do very much agree you know as much as i do think this episode has a lot of funny jokes and i think the concept is interesting when you actually look at what is happening like a lot of episodes that we talk about, we talk about, especially in reference to Squidward, how he is kind of the the arbiter of his own downfall in a lot of ways. He's the one usually being an asshole. SpongeBob's just kind of trying to do his own thing, trying to exist and just have fun. You know, he is like, it's not like he never does anything to Squidward, but it's normally Squidward kind of asks for it or in some way is inciting a lot of this. SpongeBob is just the bad guy in this episode. He is just like kind of being a bad person. But it's he's doing it in the SpongeBob way where he's, you know, not really understanding it. And in, in most other contexts, that can be kind of fine. But when he's being the active problem, that's not a good thing. Like, he's just bothering these old people that are trying to live their lives and force them, like, to to do things that they just don't want to do. And completely ignoring, you know, one of them having, like, a mental, like, having a very severe, uh, like, mental deficiency um and it's it's very it's very strange and one other thing too um that we did not mention but i i do want to bring up as part of this specific conversation um people will often talk about you know in more modern spongebob and by modern we're starting like at this point we're almost starting in like 2010 like obviously it's everything post season three is what you're going to hear but that's where a lot of people kind of last saw it would have been in that kind of 2010s era um you know there was this big propensity for like these kinds of like zoom in gross out visuals where it's like you you zoom in and all of a sudden everything is like hyper detailed in a way that's just unappealing and this episode does that the episode six of the show uh 6a is the very first time that happens where we zoom in like we don't it, it's not like a zoom zoom but it's just a highly detailed semi-grotesque zoom in of barnacle boy's face and you know how elderly it is and all these imperfections in it and i i, I just at, at this point i've been convinced that if you think that new SpongeBob's changes came out of nowhere, then I, I don't think you necessarily actually remember what the show was like. I think you remember the episodes that you liked and the parts of the episodes you liked. I mean, again, and you know, I, I think it's still kind of a fair thing because it's it's like there are certain things where like this is still, I think, a good episode in a way. It's just there's aspects of it that I don't think are as good. And those aspects, unfortunately, kind of were some of the things that were brought to the forefront of later episodes. So it's not that necessarily SpongeBob, I, I do think you're right, SpongeBob didn't necessarily change, it's just a lot of the more negative aspects of it got um, got more pronounced over time, which tends to happen with shows. You know, there are things that like might be kind of funny, but the showrunners don't necessarily understand why they're funny, so they'll kind of beat them into the ground. Um, I think a very, you know, this isn't related to this episode at all, but we've, me and you have talked about this before, um, with some of the with some of the random bits that they do, and then especially like modern day SpongeBob, we'll just repeat them but not understand why they're funny. Um, so the Nosferatu bit of uh, that we're not going to see that episode for a while. It's they just show they just show Nosferatu in one of the later episodes, and not understanding why that bit is funny, you know. And I think that's kind of the same thing here. I think the zooming in on the on, on Barnacle Boy's like face here. I think that's kind of funny. Like, it's, you know, it's just showing, like, a hyper... Like, and there's, you know, been a couple, like, like very smaller instances of that before this, uh, but not anywhere to this extent. And then they just, like, oh, that was kind of funny. Let's do that, you know, for the next 20 years. And that's, you know, that's where it becomes a problem. 
and it's more so just like I'm pointing to like this episode as it's not like this episode is the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, it's still perfectly watchable. Um, it's not my favorite, but I can say it's not like all that bad. It, it just it has all of the groundwork. Like, if you think about like what are the things you hear levied against modern SpongeBob, my point is that every single one of those arguments you can see its foundations in this episode, and it's a perfect little microcosm of that. And I think it's surprising to me that I've never seen it come up in the discussion before for that like sake, because it it really is. In again, they're not even like they do not break the episode. They're not these super egregious things here, but you can see in a beginning form all of the problems that people have with what SpongeBob would become. And it's all here in one 11 minute episode. I completely agree. Well, I believe and... then that takes us to episode six, a, which is pickles. I uh, think you mean six B because we were just oh, talking so... about six. Shit. Fuck. All right. Kurt, you take it. Fucked it up. Damn it. Uh, so this episode is pickles just by the name. You know, it's a very memorable episode. You can, kind of get a, a guess about what it's going to be about if you haven't seen it. This one is written by Steve Fonte, Chris Mitchell, and Peter Burns, and then was storyboarded by Steve Fonte and Chris Mitchell, uh, and also Jay Lender. And so this episode is a Krusty Krab set drink episode. Makes sense with the name, you know, the title of it. Uh, we kind of go into the Krusty Krab. We see, you know, Squidward, unenthused as usual, kind of normal thing here. Someone is trying to order. They're not quite sure what they're going to get. They end up getting a Krabby Patty. Squidward's basically just being like mean to them for no reason. He's being very sarcastic. He's, he's, yeah. yeah. You know, they're just like, oh, I'll get the Patty. How original. Uh, And there's this whole little bit where, uh, you know, the order gets put in. SpongeBob makes it and he makes it perfectly. He lists out everything he's doing, does it really fast, has all this own like internal jargon he does. But for this specific customer, uh, what I wanted to bring up is just, you know, perfect like Squidward moment. Uh, the customer is like, can I get some extra salt? We're all out. Could you check? No. <laughs> and it's like it's that kind of moment we all wish that we could do when we're in situations like that and like that kind of low level, like kind of retail or like food environment where you just want to be like, no, because I already know and I don't have to check. First, I, I, while, I, while I do agree with that, I do think there is pro- – like, because again, because of the character that Squidward is, I think it's more so like – He's just being a bad employee and not like he's. I think he, he might not even have any idea whether or not they're out of salt. He just doesn't want to get it, so he's just saying no. Which yeah, I, I either way you want to look at it, I think is is perfectly fine. It's either like, way, you've wanted to say no. Yes, absolutely, oh, absolutely. Um, and then at, after that customer, um, a very very large uh, fish enters the establishment and just like you know, Godzilla stomps his way up to the uh, the register. And Squidward again being sarcastic this whole time. He goes, let me guess, Tiny, a small salad. Um, but then this uh, this character proceeds to order. <clears throat> I'll take a double, triple bossy deluxe on a raft, 4 by 4 animal style, extra shingles with a shimmy and a squeeze, light axle grease, make it cry, burn it, and let it swim. And then Squidward, of course, responds with, we serve food here, sir. And that order is nuts right because obviously you know we think he's just kind of as a kid i i just thought like he's just saying words you know what i mean like he's just kind of saying random stuff that sounds not even food related but also slightly food related 
but they're food words but no normal person would talk like that oh absolutely they're typically and you kind of hear spongebob in the beginning of this episode um like the, when he's announcing the order so like the first guy who orders orders a crabby patty with extra onions and so he goes like one crying johnny which like you can kind of you can kind of piece together like crying onions make you cry so it's like a crying patty like all right uh somebody go, orders 12 crabby patties on wheat buns and he says like like 12 12 something cows on a farm or whatever um but yeah so what i i looked up because i was curious because one i wanted to look up like what the whole uh order was and then i and then uh below it it listed what that actually means in food terms um so double triple bossy means six all beef patties However, adding 4x4 animal style adds an additional 4 beef patties plus 4 slices of cheese. So it's 10 patties in total. Um, then, like, you kind of, like, you, like, oh, you like grill it in mustard. Um, you sear it. Uh, you add, so uh, light axle grease means adding butter, but light means too, not too much butter because that's, you know, light. Um, and then patties under American cheese. Deluxe is, uh, if you've ordered a deluxe burger, that one's pretty simple. Uh, iceberg lettuce, tomatoes, cheese, uh, but you can kind of ignore the cheese for this order because there's already it on the four by four. Um, and there's just so much more stuff. Like animal style is just, you essentially coat everything in special sauce. The, uh, the, the place where I looked at, somebody actually made, uh, what this order, what this burger quote unquote would be. It's essentially a two foot tall stack of just an amalgam of of bread and patty and lettuce and stuff it is it is one of the most disgusting looking things ever so however they came up with this being the order that bubble bass uses is quite ridiculous yeah it's it's one of those things where I, i'm not even sure if they knew what all the words they were saying meant but they just put words together that they knew meant something uh, I think that could be very well be the case, but I, I've seen that before as well, um, and, and it is pretty ridiculous in reality what that would mean. And then the the what SpongeBob makes him after Squidward like is like oh you know we serve food here. It's just a normal Krabby Patty. Yeah, it's and just it's it that maybe is to be the problem with the order. Yeah, no, it's maybe slightly bigger like than what he's been serving, but it no, it just looks like a normal Krabby Patty. Um, and then, but then when SpongeBob comes out with it, uh, he seems to recognize who this is. And he goes, <gasps> Bubble Bass. And there's this, this, like, little old Western showdown motif that kind of happens between them. Where, like, uh, where uh, Bubble Bass says, I heard you're pretty good. And then SpongeBob's like, I heard you're a little picky. Uh, and, like, it's, it's a, a, a cool, like, little, like, um What's the word I'm looking for? Um, like set piece that moment. they have going on there. Yeah, moment like little little vignette. I believe is the word I was looking for that they uh, that they had. Um, and then uh, and everyone in the restaurant is is gathered around for this. Apparently, Bubble Bass is in, like infamous for for doing this. Uh, SpongeBob clearly knows knows that. Um, and he takes a bite of the burger and uh, he reveals that he forgot the pickles which as we all know is the biggest cardinal sin in burger flipping and we we learned something really ridiculous here uh we zoom in on the menu board and by zoom in i mean we do like 120 <laughs> times zoom yeah. uh the crusty crab has a refund policy apparently and so mr crabs now has to refund the two dollars which this man spent two dollars on 
he should have gotten like a gigantic tower of meat, but I mean, I guess two dollars is fine for you. Hell, you yeah. know, today honestly, shit, like you get you're gonna get that for like if you get like fries and a drink, that's like eight dollars. Yeah, so, honestly, dude, legit, yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, there is a funny moment though before he confronts Mr. Krabs, where like so Mr. Krabs and Squidward are like standing next to each other. When Bubble Bass walks up to Mr. Krabs, he just throws Squidward across the restaurant. It doesn't amount to anything, and there's no like follow up. He just throws him across the restaurant. Yeah, and for... again, but like it flows because he was sarcastic this whole time. So the fact that yeah. Squidward has now experienced harm does not hit the audience in any way other than humor. Exactly. <laughs> it's like he deserves it, but he just gets fucking tossed. Um, and then, yeah, and then, uh, Mr. Krabs begs Bubble Bass to consider not, uh, taking his $2 back. Uh, he says, how about a free glass of water? A dozen free glasses of water. I'll even put ice in it. No! <laughs> it counts on bathroom tokens, by the way. Which, this counts like, on bathroom tokens is one of his other offers. Not even, like, you have to buy something to use the bathroom. Like, you get tokens with which you can use Well, it's, the yeah, not, not only does Bubble Bass have to buy tokens... He doesn't even get free bathroom tokens as his compensation. He gets a discount on bathroom tokens, which is like you still have to buy them, but it'll be cheaper. It's I, just... I've never, I've never seen a bathroom token. I can imagine it works like a locker system, but it's like yeah. I mean, that's... I've heard of. I, I have unfortunately run across like bathrooms that you have to pay to get into, but yeah, not any sort of like thing that you rede- you have to redeem it like a token or anything. Yeah, yeah. that's that's you know. Um, it goes to show how that is. But afterwards, you know, Mr. Krabs, basically that $2 is coming out of your paycheck. But SpongeBob, like, not even about the money. He's just devastated because this job is his life. It's what he's always wanted. And he's now screwed it up. And we see, again, a, a character trait we've seen in SpongeBob time and time again up to this point now is now that his confidence has been shaken and he's nervous, he cannot even do the most basic of tasks. Like, he, he starts trying to make a Krabby Patty, but he has no idea what he's doing. He's putting his hand in it. He's he's thinking a boot goes in it. He's putting a frying pan on it to the point where Mr. Krabs basically just tells him, like, go home. Yeah, and then he, uh, he starts to leave the Krusty Krab, and he has a freak out because he's like, where's the door? Mr. Krabs, the front door is missing! And we see it's, like, just five feet to his right. Um, and then he, he walks out. And then out. he's like, uh, which way do I live? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Krabs has to tell him. Uh, and then it's just this this whole, like, kind of... It's not necessarily a montage. It's just this sequence of things of him not knowing how to do anything in his life. So he uh, he goes home and tries to go to bed. He doesn't know how to get into the bed. He, like, he, he starts, like, listing it out like a... like He starts listing out like you would, like, a, a, a like a recipe for... Because like, when we see him earlier, he's he, he lists out every ingredient in a Krabby Patty. So, like, bun, uh, patty, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, ketchup, mustard, like, in that order or whatever um and so he starts doing that he's like is it mattress mattress spongebob blanket pillow <laughs> and then he's like oh no i remember it's mattress spongebob matrix then sheets pillow and then he gets like under one of the mattresses but obviously the other one's laying on him and then there's this like little thing of him trying different combinations to sleep uh and then we see this it goes all night until uh until the next morning when he's under his bed with his eyes poking out saying ah, i almost had it and we see at the Krusty Krab, you know, SpongeBob's not there right now. Squidward is having to do the cooking. And we have this whole moment where there's some customers talking about how dissatisfied they are. And they're like, you know, he burnt my Krabby Patty. He burnt my fries. 
He burnt my shake. <laughs> he burnt my shake. Which that I mean that line, I think me and you I don't know if that's how how much of a line that is like to the greater SpongeBob community. But there's me, someone did a can't touch this remix where instead of can't touch this, it's just he burnt my shake. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I know uh, me and you all the time will just be we'll just say to each other like he burnt my shake just in that stupid voice. It's uh, just, you know, dissatisfaction. He burnt my shake. He burnt my shake, man. Um, and so Mr. Krabs obviously being fed up at how his restaurant's being run, which kind of raises another question. I, I think I brought this up in the first episode of SpongeBob when we covered the first episode of SpongeBob. How the hell did the Krusty Krab even function as a restaurant before SpongeBob got there? Because as we see, when it's just Mr. Krabs and Squidward, the restaurant just cannot function at all. It just, it, it, he, he, Squidward does not know how to cook. Mr. Krabs clearly is not interested in, in teaching him how to, like, in doing the cooking himself or teaching him. So, like, how did it exist at all before SpongeBob got there? Obviously, we see in in this. I mean, this is we, we have a like season like fucking ninety seven like deep lore episode. Yeah, but like uh, about that. But you know, like obviously, and obviously, it can be applied that there were employees there at some other point. But immediately before SpongeBob got there, how the hell did this place function? Uh, presumably not very well. Um... I mean, its only competition is significantly worse. So you know what that is. And as we all know, the only two restaurants in uh, Bikini Bottom are <laughs> the Krusty Krab and the Chum Bucket, which happen to be on the same street across from each other. Yeah. So I think it is. That, we do see other restaurants like in the show at some point, but it's we see other restaurants, but I don't think they reside in Bikini Bottom. Mm, possibly. Um, but then, yeah. So Mr. Krabs being fed up goes and tries to uh, goes and tries to get SpongeBob. And when he when he arrives, you know, there's like a he has a, a toaster on his door, and when he we goes into his his house, everything's just a mess. There are things where you, that thing should never be, you know, every, like everything's upside down. It, it, I think it's important to note too, like with setting the the vibe, the music is playing backwards. Yes. it's the normal kind of like sad scene music they use, but they put it in reverse. Yes, and then when SpongeBob shows up, he says, "Mr. Krabs, hello. Do you how do? I anything can't do right sense because pickles." Yeah, he's just talking completely out of sorts. Um, and so Mr. Krabs vows to to teach him how to. Uh, and he he pulls out. I don't know why I always found this really satisfying as a kid. I don't know if you agree. So he pulls out this like little like sheet, and I I feel like it's kind of an homage to like samurai movies. You'll sometimes see like characters in those films have like a have like a role and like in that role will be rolled up like weapons so they'll be like size nunchuck stuff like that but he unrolls his and it's all the ingredients to make a Krabby Patty and I always found that really satisfying as a kid seeing just like him roll out like all the ingredients to make a burger which I don't know it's like I, it was something I wanted but I would have no practical use for ever and it would also probably be really gross I just thought it was cool I mean I think the idea is like like, I don't know specifically what you're referencing, um, but I would imagine, like, the idea, especially in something Eastern, is, like, it would be a concealment scroll. Like, it looks like a piece of paper, but it's hiding things within it. Kind of. I think um, it's more of a, a something to, like, transport. It, it's, I, you kind of see, like, if you have seen, like, like samurai movies or ninja movies more specifically, like, they kind of have their weapon, weapons laid out like that. Like, so, like, you can pick what weapon you want to use. Um, and I've seen it, like, done on, like, a small mat like that where they've had them laid out is kind of what my thought process was. It's possible. I'm not specifically sure about that, but I was thinking like, oh, you know, if it's a scroll, that can be like also kind of like one of those metaphorical things where you know you're imparting knowledge with it. You have all the, the yeah, that, that, right there. That but, absolutely could have been as well. 
Um, either way, we see SpongeBob just not knowing what he's doing as well. Like he he's hammering bread, um, and like <laughs> when he, when the map does get laid out, he looks at it, and we get like day night transitions. Mr. Krabs is waiting for him for at least like two days, and he's waiting for him for two days before he even makes his first move, like to like try to do anything. It's like and, it, it's and his a... first move is to say I can't do it, yeah. and then like when he's going on a rant about how he can't do it, he just subconsciously because he's not thinking about it and he's not psyching himself out. He does manage to do it because his body does remember. And if he can just clear his mind, you know, that's really that that's in again, most episodes other than the kinds of ones like we discussed in Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, SpongeBob's biggest flaw is that his ability to do things is directly correlated to his confidence in his ability to do them. Yes, absolutely. If SpongeBob thinks he can do something, even if it's something that is physically impossible, he will probably be able to do it. But if he's not 100% confident in himself, usually he will fail even the most basic tasks miserably. Um, but yeah, so uh, SpongeBob confidently goes back to the Krusty Krab. Uh, he he gets Squidward out of the off out of the uh, the kitchen. He kicks Squidward out and then shoots him <laughs> with like the fucking fire extinguisher foam. I mean, he is like singed when he does it, so I suppose he's he been might burning people's it. shakes all day. So. He has been burning people's shakes all day. Um, and then yeah, he picks up his spatula, looks at his reflection, is, has a good smile. He's very confident. Um, and then one of the passersby notices, hey, SpongeBob's back, and they all come in, and then Bubble Bass barges in and says so i hear square pants is back that was a shit bubble bath voice but we're moving swiftly onward um and they uh they they face each other again and even this time it's even like more like of a just direct um western like showdown type uh type thing which i think i actually really like with the with the like um the like the samurai movie like homage that we kind of had a little bit earlier i think because you know uh, a lot of people say western movies themselves a lot of times in uh were, were like were influenced by old samurai movies so it's it's a really cool bit of like dichotomy they have going on there of all these like old like filmmaking methods being used in this one random episode of spongebob i think it's very interesting um but then uh but then yeah they uh he uh bubble bass asks for his his usual and uh spongebob brings it out and bubble bass takes a bite out of it and says wrong again no pickles and uh and starts you know sh starts laughing down spongebob uh starts you know making fun of him again and spongebob notices that his tongue is like slightly raised off of his teeth which i don't know how he led him to this conclusion but he pulls up his tongue and we see that there are four pickles on the bottom of it, and as and we... and and a pair of car keys. Well, we don't see those, but I <laughs> then yeah. So SpongeBob explains he's been hiding the pickles under his tongue the whole time, and then Mr. Krabs said, "And those are the pickles from last time too." And then a random woman yells, "And there's my car keys!" And then Bubble Bass yells, "And there's my ride!" And then he just runs out of the restaurant. And so you know, we see that the the whole time. Again, you know, it wasn't even that SpongeBob made a mistake. It was that someone gave him a confidence issue. Uh, because, like we said, because he was confident he could do it, he did it as perfectly as it could possibly be done. And so we, we get a little, you know, ending bit there where they're like, oh, three cheers for SpongeBob. And everyone's cheering, but Squidward's like, like hooray. Hooray. Woohoo. Whoopee. <laughs> but then SpongeBob, you know, being the, the good sport, the positive attitude he is, says, and let's not forget the guy who filled in for me when I was gone. Three cheers for Squidward. And then instead of cheering, they'll just start booing boo. him violently. And then the, the last boo is, so it's like, it's like, hip, hip, boo. 
hip hip boo hip hip boo hip hip and then it's just one guy yelling boo you stink and that's the end of the episode which is uh, it's a this is a, a fantastic episode in my mind I, I i knew i liked this one you know there's the bits that everyone always remembers the the crazy order the uh, the him like the bit of him trying to get into bed and stuff. He burnt my shake. He burnt my shake. Uh, the thing, but there is, I mean, every scene is 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 funny bits after funny bit. I I really I really uh, am fond of this one. Um, there's a funny implication that I thought of while watching this that again just didn't cross my mind as a kid. But like when when he reveals that uh, there were the pickles under his tongue. And and Mr. Krabs is like, those are the pickles from last time, too. That means that, like, I mean, it's been, like, again, because of the passages of time that we... It's been, like, a week since that happened. So, like, he's just had pickles under his tongue for the last two weeks and didn't just, like, spit them out or eat them. Which is with <laughs> very strange, if you ask me. God only knows how long the car keys have been there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have no idea. Like, I mean, at that point, it's like, I feel like the thing is... That might have honestly been an intentional thing where it's like your mind is distracted from the fact that pickles have been there for like a week by the fact that there's also a pair of car keys and you're told that right after. Yeah. So that's the thing that kind of sticks out as being not correct. It's like a gas uh, smoke screen is where I'm it looking for. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say so pickles, you know, it's interesting this A and B kind of dichotomy here where I feel like pickles it may not show everything that i think makes classic spongebob good and memorable and but i do think it's a good representation of like how people remember what spongebob was and what they liked about it at that time and so for it to be paired with something like mermaid man and barnacle boy where you know like i said i just continued to see things where i was like this is going to become a bigger issue as time goes on it, it's almost unfortunate to, to think about where you know we were at a crossroads at this time where it's like these two things coexisted and you know, for a long time still coming after this, you know, that kind of like pickles kind of vibe that 6B had, it, that will still be SpongeBob for, you know, the coming future. But I, I just feel like it, it's a bit unfortunate that those kinds of vibes, that kind of characterization gets a little bit lost in the sauce over time. But we have it. It's still something that's there to be watched. And that in and of itself is something to be remembered and appreciated. And it's definitely something, you know, you can always sit down and just watch the episodes that you liked and the things that you liked. You can just, if there's things you're not really vibing with, you don't have to watch every single thing for every show you're interested, you are interested in. Exactly. And I, I, and to go kind of over the episode as a whole, I really, I, I think this one, um, and there are other episodes that are like this for sure, but this one and uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are not like traditional SpongeBob stories. You know what I mean? SpongeBob stories are usually like, it's again, it's, it's with the main characters doing, you know, their own things. Th these episodes very much are, have a totally different kind of vibe to them. I feel like, especially pickles where it's this, it's this whole other separate uh, vibe. It's like, it's kind of a character study on SpongeBob rather than it is watching all these characters interact, um, which, you know, and we get, we'll get these every once in a while for sure. Um, but I, I, again, I think this is one of the better ones in that kind of, in that kind of vibe. I think a lot of the early Krusty Krab based stories end up being like, like, I don't want to say they're a study of Bikini Bottom, like as a town and a culture with its peoples, but like, in a way they show us a lot of that and not just like, it's not just like, this is Spongebob, this is what Spongebob's doing. It's like, this is the community Spongebob lives in and interacts with. And in doing so, gives a lot of opportunity where, like, 
you know, the incidental characters shine, like, he burnt my shake, uh, hey, SpongeBob is back, like, it's these background characters who are never going to be main cast, they get this moment where, for those 15 seconds of fame, they are the one in your view and in your eye, and Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, I would say, it's kind of like that, but it's a little different, because while they're not main cast, they will become their own thing and have their own, like, sets of, like, episode I don't want to say arcs because they're not connected, but episodes about them and things that they're doing. Um, but yes, they, they are both, you know, very different from the focus of like SpongeBob does this today. Yes, exactly. And I think, yeah, because this is, it, it's, it's a very simple concept, but it's this kind of, it, they, they do this kind of whole spin on it. You know, they could have just done an episode about like what if SpongeBob had a really difficult customer, but they kind of made it into like this weird Western standoff kind of thing, which I, I, I very much enjoy. Yeah, this idea of like, confrontation and conflict shown through you know a, a classical i mean not like a super classical but this like respected lens of like the western showdown of like this is life against life this is yeah you know, a, a very, conflict that cannot be solved under any other means. very very high stakes seeming for something as low stakes as it actually is which i i yeah i i do like the uh the dichotomy there it, it's one of those things too where it's like you know, the, the reality of the low stakes is like he could just not come back, Bubble Bass, but he chooses to come back and create problems on purpose because that's the kind of person he is. And we do, he's not, again, you know, like a main character and he's not someone who's going to have a lot of like character focus, but we we see him pop up every now and then and just be the kind of person he's shown to be here. He, he's a very consistent little background character. Yeah, he's very, he's much more infrequent than I believe Merman and Barnacle Boy is, but yeah, he does show up every, every now and again. Um, but yeah, that is uh, Pickles, and that is episode six. Um, again, I think overall pretty solid. Um, I but again, you know, as we talked about, there's kind of these next few episodes that we're going to be covering um, have a very classic, outstanding episode, and then one that you know maybe at, at not as fondly remembered, but still, still, I think solid in its own way. Um, and and that is you know and that's I I think that's you know still very still very good you know I mean I no episode in especially season one I would ever say is holistically bad, um and and that's you know and that's a pretty big praise for for something uh for something this old but still you know I mean it stands the test of time for a reason. It does, and I think you know that's a sign of good media is it's something that you can go back to and enjoy regardless of other factors. And like, that's not necessary to be good media because sometimes the world changes in unexpected ways and that changes the way that you're going to consume that piece of media. But you know, that general idea of it's not like something where it's like, I liked it as a kid because there were bright colors and yelling. It's like, no, I can look at it now and be like, I like it because it's clever and it's fun and it, it has interesting ideas that it's trying to do. And, you know, the season one is definitely a lot like that. Season two and three definitely have a lot of moments like that, too. So as we keep going forward, uh, we would love to see you again next week. And I believe that's all that I have to say for that. And so if that's all that Shane has to say for that, then we will see you next time. See everybody. Yeah, uh, make sure to uh, to follow us on the podcast platform of your choice, as well as if you have any comments or questions for us, you can leave those on our YouTube channel, which is just SpongeBob Lematic Cast on YouTube, or follow us on Twitter at SB Lematic Cast. Uh, you can do that for updates on um, on when we uh, post a new episode again, or you can just tweet at us with any comment or question we'll have, and we might even address it during the episode here. So thank you everybody, and have a good one. Yeah. Yeah.